Yevamot, Perek, Tetzvav, Mishnah Zayin. So we continue on the whole um, discussion of uh, people giving testimony, single person, single woman giving testimony about the death of someone. So Amra Metz Ba'ali Va'achakach Metz Chami. So if a woman went overseas with her husband and her father-in-law, and she returned, she said, my husband died, and then my father-in-law died. Tina Seva Titok Tubata. She may marry and collected Kutuba because she's believed to say that her husband died. Asura. But her mother-in-law is forbidden to marry or collect a Kutuba because her mother-in-law may not remarry based on her daughter-in-law's testimony. Just as a mother-in-law is not believed to testify for a daughter-in-law because she is suspected of hating her, as we learned in the fourth Mishnah, so is a daughter-in-law not believed to testify for her mother-in-law because hatred tends to become mutual. Now, if the mother-in-law was a daughter of Israel who was married to Kohen, that is, the father-in-law was a Kohen and the mother-in-law was a daughter of Israel, she may continue to eat to remind the presumption that her husband is still alive. Since the testimony of the daughter-in-law is not believed with regard to her mother-in-law, the mother-in-law may continue to act in every way as though her husband is still alive. These are the words of Rabbi Tarfon, Rabbi Kivyama, Rabbi Kiva says, This is not the way to free her from the possibility of sin. Rather, she can be assured of not sinning. Only if she will be forbidden to remarry and forbidden to eat Rama. Although her daughter-in-law's testimony is not believed to allow her to remarry, she's nevertheless a doubt whether her husband is alive. Therefore, to ensure that she does not sin, she may not remarry because her husband might be alive and she may not eat Rama because her husband might be dead. So now we've had two machlokot between Rabbi Tarafon and Rabbi Akiva. The Mishnah now brings an other machlokot, machlokot between them in which Rabbi Akiva uses a similar argument. The first machlokot concerns a man who betrothed a woman by cohabiting with her, although that is an effective means of betrothal, it is forbidden by the Chachamim for reasons of modesty. Modesty. Kiddush, achat mechamesh nashim, ezo kiddush. So someone betrothed with cohabitation one of five women but does not know which one he betrothed. Um, he forgot. So kol achat omeret oti kidesh, and each woman then says he betrayed me. Not ten get lechol achat v'achat. He must give a get to each one of them before she can marry another man, or if he wants, he may marry some or all of them. So omeniach ketuba benehem umistalek, and he places the money of one ketuba between them, and thereby removes himself from the obligation of paying for the ketuba. He doesn't place the money between them. He places the money in trust until one of them can prove she was the betrothed, and thereby collect the money. Since each woman claims that she is betrothed to him, none of them may marry until she receives a get from him. However, since he betrothed only one woman, he does not have to pay more than one ketubah. Divrei Rabbi Tarfan. These are the words of Rabbi Tarfan. Rabbi Kiva Omer. He says, Rabbi Kiva says, This is not the way to free him from the possibility of sin, which is the sin of theft, which he will transgress if he does not pay the ketubah he owes. Rather, he can be assured of fulfilling his obligation to pay the ketubah only if he gives a get and a ketubah to each woman. Since he owes this ketubah to show the woman through capitation, which is rabbinically prohibited, the Chachamim imposed a penalty that in order to discharge the obligation of paying the ketubah, he must pay every claimant. However, in the case where someone betrayed the woman in a permitted manner by giving her money or uh, objects of value or documents of betrothal, he agrees that no, he, he would only have to give one ketubah. It's only in this instance where he used BR when he cohabited that um, there would there would be this kanas, there would be this penalty. So another machlokeh, gazal echad mechamisha ve'en yodeh me'ez gazal. So if someone stole from one of five people and does not know from which one he stole, kol echad omer oti gazal. Each one says he stole from me, maniach gazila b'nehem u'mistalek. He places the stolen object between them and thereby removes himself from the obligation to repay the theft. Since he stole only one object, he does not have to repay more than one object. Divri Rabbi Tafon, these are the words of Rabbi Tafon. Rabbi Kiva Amei, he says, Rabbi Kiva says, enzo derech mutsiyatu midei avera. This is not the way to free him from the possibility of sin. Rather, he can be assured that he has repaid the theft. Only if he repays the value of the stolen object to each person. 
since he owes money because he took it unlawfully, the Chachamim penalized him that in order to fulfill his obligation to repay the theft, he must repay everyone who claims to have been the victim of theft. Mishnah Chet. The next three Mishnah discuss when a woman is believed to testify about her status with regards to Yibum. So let's say a woman went to, um, with her husband overseas and her only child was with them. She came back and she, alone and she said, my husband died and then my child died, which means that her husband did not die childless and she's therefore exempt from Yibum. She's believed and she may remarry without undergoing Yibum since she had a child when she went overseas. It was presumed that she would be exempt from Yibum. Since she is now simply testifying that the state has not changed, she is believed. However, she said my child died and then my husband died, which means that her husband died childless and she's bound to his brother for Yibum, although she's believed that her husband died. She's not believed that she is subject to Yibum since she was presumed to be exempt from Yibum. She's not believed to testify that her status has changed. Therefore, she remains exempt from Yibum. Nevertheless, we are concerned about words. Therefore, she must perform chalitza, but may not perform yibum, since she declared that she is bound to her husband's brother. That declaration forbids her to marry her until she performs chalitza. However, she may not undergo yibum because yibum is forbidden in a case where it is not required, since a woman may not marry her husband's brother. Have a great day.